Hey guys, you are listening to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I am Jamie and I'm your host and I'm so glad that you're here. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We bring you new shows every Wednesday and Fridays and an amazing guest always joins me to chat about the big things in life, the little things in life and everything in between. Subscribe today to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey on your podcast player so you never miss an episode. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a girlfriend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Happy 2020, my friends. It is a new decade. I thought it would be fun to talk to a few friends about what life was like for them 10 years ago, how life has changed, what the year 2010 brought them, what the last decade has brought them, and what they hope for over the next 10 years. Today, my friend Colt McCoy is joining me to talk about his last decade. In 2010, he was a senior at the University of Texas, and his football team went undefeated that year and faced Alabama in the national championship game in Pasadena, California at the Rose Bowl. During that game, Colt was injured in the first half and never returned. His team ended up losing the biggest game of his career so far. 2010, he was drafted. He was also married that year. And over the last decade, he's been on three different NFL teams. And he and his wife, Rachel, have had three children. Today, we look back on Colt's last decade. And no matter if you are a football fan or not, you will enjoy hearing his perspective on what the last 10 years has brought him and how he has managed the mountaintops and the valleys that come from playing football for a living. Side note, you guys, if you're interested, his wife, Rachel, was an early guest on The Happy Hour. Go back and listen to her on episode number seven. Yes, she was a super early guest way back in the day when I just asked all my friends to come on the show with me. Yes, Rachel was number seven. Also, this makes now the second couple where both the husband and the wife have been on The Happy Hour. Winter and Jonathan Pitts have both been on The Happy Hour, and now Rachel and Colt McCoy. Super crazy. Here is my conversation with Colt McCoy. Okay, Colt, welcome to the special edition of the Happy Hour called Your Last Decade. You are officially on the Happy Hour. And let me tell you, Colt, I don't interview dudes. So this is super exciting. This is a big deal. My wife already told me. <laughs> she did. She fills you in. She filled me in. She was like, this what? is a special privilege for you to get to be on uh, Happy Hour with Jamie. It totally. Now your wife has been on the happy hour. So now we can say we've had both McCoys. I like it. Which that's not a common thing. So we're doing this about, we're starting a new decade. It's 2020 now. And we're looking back and saying, Hey, what was life like in 2010? And that was 10 years ago. Isn't it crazy? A lot has happened in your life in 10 years. For sure. For sure. A lot. Okay. So I want to go way back and I want to go back to January of 2010 because for anyone that's listening, that is a college football fan. um, (laughs) At that point in your life, you were playing for university of Texas. It was your last year and you guys were actually playing in the national championship. So take me way back. And that feels like another lifetime ago for you, I'm sure. But can we talk about what it was like for you as how old were you? 23, 22? Yeah. 22, probably 23. Yeah. A 23-year-old going into the biggest game of their lifetime at that point in your life, what was that like? It was crazy. But at the same time, when you're in college, you just don't, you just don't think about like what's next. You're so involved in school and your football team and, and, and all your teammates are also your 
classmate, like you've been with those same group of guys for four or five years. And so I think what was unique about that, you know, now being in the NFL for the last 10 years is you just didn't think about the future or what's next. You just, you thought about going to class and then going to play football. And that, that kind of kept it all in perspective, but yeah, going into 2010, you know, January, January of 2010, we made it to the national championship game, which I think was the goal for me personally, but for all the guys. And, and that was, that was the biggest game for, for all of us. We watched the 2005 team go to the national championship and you're going back to the Rose bowl where they won the national championship in 2005. And now we get to go back and try to do it again. And um, the excitement was just almost uncontrollable. And it was a fun week in, in California. And, you know, that game was definitely the kind of the climax for all of us, yeah. especially for me as a senior. So I have a question for you. Were you on the team in 2005 when they won the national championship? I was. I, okay. was. I was. I had redshirted that year. So it's just a redshirt. Did you get to go to the game? Yeah, I was like holding the clipboard and <laughs> I love writing, it. writing down the plays. I had a front row seat to that. Yep. So I can only imagine then you were what, like 18 years old then, and you're looking ahead and you're seeing, you know, Vin Chung and that whole team win the national championship. That was your eye was on that prize again. Right. I mean, I was, I was 18. Yeah, that's right. I just graduated high school. That's I a mean, baby. Yeah. I had, I, I really had thoughts to myself, like I am not good enough to play this game. I've played football before, but this is not football. This is like, this is professional football right here. That's what it seemed like. like I'm, yeah. I'm small. I'm, I'm, I am out of place when I watched that game, but you know, I, I worked hard and God opened some doors for me and you know, we were back in it four years later. Okay. I have another question that doesn't even have to do with a decade, but you just said something that made me think about this. The feelings that you felt at 18, like watching that team play and thinking, I don't know how I got here. I'm underqualified. I don't think I compete at this level. Did you experience those same emotions fast forward to, you know, five years later, 2010, stepping into your first experience as an NFL player? A little bit. Yeah. Um, I remember that feeling when I was 18, because I remember after that game, watching Vince Young and, and our team and I think combined on that field, there was like 30 something draft picks, Jeez. you know, and it was, it was one of the greatest college football games ever in 2005. So I remember coming home that off season and Vince telling me that he was going to the NFL and I'm thinking to myself, well, I, I need to like transfer and go back home and play it like Abilene Christian uh-huh. or something. Cause I, I can't do what you just did. I, I, you're, you're six, five and 230 pounds and, just can run a four, four. And I, I, that's just not in my, in my blood. Yeah. And, but you know, I had a lot of good people around me and they, they pushed me and I mentally, I, I was pretty strong and it kept growing. And, and again, all those doors opened up for me and I was able to play for four years. But when you get to the NFL, it's sort of the same idea where you're playing. I, mean, I remember when I first got into the NFL locker room and I was playing with guys who were 30 years old and had three kids and a family. <laughs> and I'm like, these guys are, are, this is their job. You know, they're putting food on the table by playing football. Uh-huh. I mean, I had never been paid to play football and it was still a, it was still a college game to me where you just, you know, you're with your teammates and you just go out and play and, you know, hope to play good. And, and, but you quickly realize like this is way more than a game. Once you get to the NFL, there's, politics involved there's families involved there's i mean it, it's just a. Uh, it's so different it's played so differently than it 
than it is in college. And in, you know, one day you show up and the guy that was in the locker right next to you could be cut and never play a football again. Jeez, it's you like, know, it's so a the, job. So the, stakes are just, the stakes were just so much higher. Or if you played bad in college, you know, they might, you know, just put the next guy in, but you're not going to get cut. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you, you may get benched, but you're still on the team. And then if you fumble a ball or you throw an interception or, you know, you do something wrong, you get hurt, you just you lose your job and you may never play again. So that it's just a totally different sport. Which is so interesting to me as, you know, clearly just a spectator of the game, obviously never played and never mm-hmm. will. But it is interesting to kind of have that mindset of these are real people on this field who have real emotions and are playing a job. I think we can forget that as people who watch the game. Exactly. And listen, it's a privilege to be able to have played this game for so long. And I I don't take that for granted, but you're exactly right. These are, these are real people with real families that still try to keep it in perspective of we're playing a a kid's game for a living. Mm -hmm. And, but at the same time, we all know that you're one injury away, you're one mistake away from getting cut and having to move on and do something else in your life. And so the, just every day it's, it's a, there's a responsibility and a, and a kind of approach that's, that's way different than playing mm. college football. Which is maybe why some people just, they, they're amazing in college and they just don't make it in the NFL. Like they just, maybe the pressure or the stress, or I don't know what the mental game that it takes is a lot harder than we ever could imagine. For sure. Yeah. And at the same time, there's just so many, there's just so many factors that play into having a good career in the NFL. Who's your coach? How good is the team that you get drafted mm-hmm. to? Um, how good is the the scheme that you're running? Do guys stay healthy for that year? You know, if you have a bunch of injuries, you, there's just so many things that that factor into it. And the NFL does a really good job of, you know, putting up front the the faces that have played for so long. You know, the Tom Brady's, mm-hmm. the Drew Brees, the and the coaches who have coached for a long time. And those are all the, the feel good, positive stories, but there's so many stories of guys who had unbelievable college careers that when they get to the NFL, they just yeah. maybe get into the wrong system. You know, maybe they didn't, you know, fit the right system that they got into or they were injured or whatever. They just never yeah. make it. And it's a, it's a real thing. It, it, it's a production business. That's why they call it not for long. NFL <laughs> You know, I think the average lifespan for a player is like a little over two wow, years. Wow. Well, congratulations so, to you. Ten years in. I, mean, that's a big deal. <laughs> I don't know how I did it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I want to go back to so. that game um, in January of 2010. It's the national championship. Uh, you guys, I think you had an undefeated season. Um, tell me if my research is right. I think you're, you are the second most wins for a quarterback in Division One still right now. Is that true? I think so. Yep. Okay. Good job. Okay. So take me back. And I want to hear what you think about that kid, that Colt McCoy that played in that game and got injured and didn't get to finish the game. What do you want to say to him 10 years later? So many things. Um, This is interesting because nobody's ever asked me a question kind of with that Mm -hmm. direction. Um, I, I was so young at the time when I looked back at me, but at but at the same time, I was the oldest guy on that football yeah. team. And I felt like I was the wisest, the smartest. I felt sort of invincible going into that game. Um, I had played so many for for four years. And I was 
totally ready. And I just felt like there was no way that I was going to go into this game or our team was going to go into this game and we were going to get beat. I sort of felt like there was this, this, we were destined to come to this game and win this game. Like I could have gone to the NFL the year before, but I chose to come back to college and that with the goal of going to the national championship, because that's, that was all of our goal. That was pretty much the only goal we had when we started that season. And so just, you had this feeling of everything was going to work out. Um, and then when it didn't, it's like, okay, what, what, uh, yeah. what happens now? You know, what, what, what just happened? How did this happen? We just lost this game. I got hurt. Like it was not supposed to end this way, you know? And I think from, when you look at it from that perspective, I was so immature in, in my thought process and in my thinking and sort of who I thought I was as a person, but I knew and I think I showed that at the end of the game that, okay, I, I didn't expect this to happen. I've never been hurt before. I thought we were destined to win this game, but I know what my foundation is, and that's in the Lord. So I know that he'll get me through this. Um, and that's really, <laughs> that's really what I turned to. And not from the, st- I think at that time it was more like I, I was just so uncertain about what to do next because nothing mm-hmm. like this had ever happened to me before. And I probably, in some ways put, put, you know, my confidence and my trust in my abilities to play football as opposed. And, and that's why I think I got so upset, Yeah. but I also had, um, enough about me and enough of a foundation to know that it's okay. You know, it's not the most important thing. God's going to get me through this and, you know, we'll see what happens next. So when you look back, you said you were, you know, you came in, I, I'm, I can do this. We're going to win. This is our goal. And then all this happened. And I remember we were new to Austin at the time. We'd only lived here about six or seven months. So we were mm-hmm. we were all in Texas Longhorn fans. Now look at us. We're in the national championship. Right. Um, but after the game, they interviewed you and, and you said you were wise and smart and you were. And what you said was so truthful. Do you look back at that kid and are you proud of that kid? I am. I am. I, I Because I remember all the things that were going through my head at the time. And for that to come out of my mouth shows <laughs> that I, I, that's what my foundation was. Yeah, right? And I'm right. so proud of that. And that's the, it's the same today. You know, I think what's cool about football is every time I face a disappointment or a setback or I don't play well, you know, I, I can look back 10 years later and say like, wow, you know, I remember what I felt like at that moment. I remember how down I was because I cared about my teammates and my coaches. And that was the biggest game we'd ever played in our life. But looking back on it 10 years later, it's like, wow, look what, look what God has allowed me to accomplish. And he's pulled me through all of that. And then, you know, I think we can all have those moments if, if we trust in the Lord to, to look back and say, Mm, like I hated that moment. Like that was not supposed to happen, but I got through it, you know? And yeah, and yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for the way that, that I handled that. And I truthfully know that my emotions and my feelings at the time, you know, were held in check. And what came out of my mouth was who, who I believe I truly am. There are many paths to finding your family story. Whichever way you choose, it's easy to get started with Ancestry. An Ancestry DNA test tells you where your ancestors are from 
and Ancestry's billions of records and millions of family trees let you discover their personal stories. You could find a famous relative or perhaps a photo of your great-grandmother as a little girl. Researching your history is a fun activity for the whole family, and the stories you learn about your shared past can bring you closer together. Ancestry DNA can reveal ethnic origins and provide historical details that bring unique family stories to life. Ancestry DNA doesn't just tell you which countries you're from, but also can pinpoint the specific regions within them, providing insightful geographic detail about your history. Trace the paths of your recent ancestors and learn how and why your family moved from place to place around the world. My mom is tracing our ancestors right now, and it is such a great experience. No other DNA test delivers such a unique interactive experience as Ancestry. Start exploring your family story today. Head to Ancestry.com slash happy hour to get your Ancestry DNA kit and start your free trial. That's Ancestry.com slash happy hour. I believe in having clean options. I support companies who innovate products that break the norm and help clean up my daily routine. That's why I love Native for my deodorant needs. In fact, I love it so much, I just gifted my mom with the Native deodorant. Native is made with ingredients that you've actually heard of, like coconut oil, shea butter, and tapioca starch. They never use things like aluminum, parabens, sulfates, or talc. It's also vegan and never tested on animals. Native just released plastic-free deodorant made from 100% paperboard and shipped in a plastic-free bag. Switching to an aluminum-free deodorant doesn't mean you have to sacrifice on odor protection. Native will keep you smelling and feeling fresh all day long. Native comes in over 10 scents like coconut and vanilla and lavender and rose, plus rotating seasonals like the pumpkin spice latte collection. My favorite scent right now out of all of them is the coconut and vanilla. I have loved it this summer. I'm thinking about trying lavender and rose next. Maybe even a pumpkin spice latte deodorant. Native is risk-free to try with free shipping within the U.S. and free 30-day returns and exchanges. Guys, do what I did and make the switch to Native today by going to nativedeo, that's D-E-O, dot com slash Jamie Ivey. Or use the promo code Jamie Ivy, J-A-M-I-E-I-V-E-Y at checkout and get 20% off your first order. That's nativedeo.com slash Jamie Ivy. Or use my name as a promo code Jamie Ivy at checkout for 20% off your first order. So we know that you stayed an extra year. You could have gone in the draft earlier. You stayed to go back and try to win that national championship. And you guys... Um, Put up a good fight in that. And then after that, you were drafted. But I want to, before I get to the draft, I do think in the same month of January, is that when you ask Rachel to marry you? It is. And I mean, there was so much that went on. But I, I will say that, like, I knew that I was going to ask Rachel to marry me. We, we had been dating for about a year and a half. And I knew we had talked about, I didn't want to go to the NFL to some random place and city without her. Mm-hmm. And because, not only, you know, did, did we, we both want to get married, but she, she was a big support for me. I mean, her faith is she's such a strong, independent person. Um, I admired it and I felt like we were, we were ready to, to take that next step. And so even all the disappointment from the, from the bowl game, I had already planned to do that, whether we had won or, you know, whatever. 
And so that was definitely a highlight of January after such a, such a huge disappointment. Yeah, yeah. And so you're almost having, it'll be 10 years. I mean, this show is at 10 years this summer that you in 2020. That's right. You're right. Yep. Are y'all doing anything big? I guess I need to start planning that, don't I? <laughs> this is a big one. It's a big one. I can't share my plans yet, you know? That's I right. Can't. That's true. That's true. I know you're working on it. I know you're working on it. Okay, <laughs> 10 years, three kids later. So not only are you, you know, you get drafted, um, you get married that summer, head out and play for the Browns. Within the last 10 years, you guys have started your family and you have three kids now. So now it's dad life. Like before we started recording, everyone that's listening, you think like, NFL, you know, you're just like, you just don't have the same responsibilities as everyone else. So I heard you parenting down there. I heard you. So yeah. Yes. Yeah. So this morning, I mean, I had Sloan and Brooke and dropped off Sloan and then to, to her school and Brooke and I went and got some Dunkin' Donuts as our, that's our little daddy daughter time with, with her on Tuesday mornings. And I came home and played with Judd and got on the the podcast with you. Tuesdays in the NFL is, is your day off. So generally what I try to do is I'll wake up and spend the, the morning with, um, with my kids and with Rachel, take them to school, run some errands with them. And then when they go down for a nap around two o'clock, that's when I'll, I'll run into the facility and, and watch some film, take care of my body do those things and then be back for dinner time. But so it's not really your day off, right? Cole, you're real. I I consider it a day off because all the other days, you know, I'm, I'm up early before they get up and I'm, you know, go to work and I get home generally about an hour before bedtime. And, and so these mornings, Tuesdays are, are fun for me because I, I can just, you know, not have to wake up with an alarm. Whenever I hear the kids start talking, I will go in and get them and, have a a good morning together. I love it. Okay. So 10 years ago, you get drafted by the Browns. You've been playing in the NFL for 10 years now. Um, How have your maybe expectations or ideas as, you know, a 23 year old doing what so many kids would write on their little fourth grade paper of what they want to be when they grow up, you know, Mm -hmm. how has that differed or how has it been true to what you expected? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think the times that I can keep my focus and my and my view of football in that perspective that you're talking about of oh man like this was a dream of mine you know everybody wants to play football everybody wants to play in the NFL and not only that everybody wants to be a quarterback in the NFL yeah. right i think whenever i i think of my job that way i have i have definitely have better days but there's so many pressures and expectations and injuries and ups and downs that that i've gone through that it's hard to sometimes have, have that view and that perspective. And, you know, it's awesome when you go out and throw a couple touchdowns and the fans are cheering and everybody just kind of puts you up on this pedestal. But there's also been times in my career where you get booed off the field and those aren't, those aren't very fun. And it's hard to keep that perspective when, when it's like that. And so battling the ups and downs and, and the frustrations and maybe, you know, also how hard you work and how much time you put into it. You know, I know that, you know, one day a week I get to wake up with my kids during the season. Six other days I'm, I'm at work, working hard and, and preparing to go out and win a game. And, and if you don't have that kind of kids game perspective, sometimes it will really eat at you and, and, and kind of tear you up. Um, but I think the older I get, the, the better perspective I have, the more appreciation I have of, of what I get to do. And, 
don't get me wrong. I'm still an ultimate competitor. That's why I'm still playing. You know, I, I love the, the competition and the, and the battle and the, and the, the back and forth and the strategy of, of winning football games. That's, that's why I'm still playing. Um, but I do keep it in perspective of, man, I mean, when I get to suit up and, you know, play quarterback, I, I understand there's, there's only 32 guys that get to do what I do right now. And that's a pretty special thing. That is really special when you think about it. I've been um, using this quote by Lecrae a lot. He said, um, a couple of years ago, he said this, and I've never forgotten it. He said, if you live for people's acceptance, you'll die from their rejection. And it sounds like what you're talking about. If there's that, you know, oh, yay, we love you. You're the best quarterback ever. And then, boo, get off the field. What are you doing here? And I would imagine that you've kind of had to, you have to have that foundation or else that will kill you. For sure. For sure, and don't don't get me wrong. I've had some great moments in the NFL, but I've also had some like really down moments. You've been on, you know, you're on a, a bad team that struggles. You know, you've yeah. battled injuries, or your coach gets fired, or you just you're not as good as the other team. And and you know, in, in those moments, I'm telling you, it can be it can be tough. But you're right. You know, if you if you play the game for the acceptance of everybody else and for their praise and for their cheer, you know, it's going to kill you when you don't get that. So you're right. Perspective is what it's all about. Okay. So right now you're playing with the Washington Redskins, which my oldest son is a Redskins fan because of you. So (laughs) I always think it's funny how people develop team favorites, you know, and I, and whenever you ask like a person in their forties, like, Oh, why do you love the Packers? And then they have an Austin. They usually have like a reason like, Oh, when I was 12, I watched, you know, da, da, da. And so if my son stays a Redskins fan for his whole life, he'll always say, well, when I was in, you know, sixth grade, Colt McCoy started playing there. So you have made right. him a Redskins fan. So thanks for that. Um, there you go. Okay. So you are 10 years in the league. Uh, congratulations. Mm-hmm. It's longer than most people. What do you hope for your next decade? Holy cow. Um, I mean, it feels like it's hard to think about because when you look back on 10 years, so much has happened in your life and right. my life and anyone that's listened to this 10 years, a long time. So what do you hope for in 10 years? Well, I hope to be able to play this game for a few more years. I don't know how long, but a few more. I, you know, last year I broke my leg on Monday night football. So that was year nine. I was the starting quarterback and we all you know, watched it, Cole. It was so this sad. Was the first, this was the first time I've had to deal with, you know, first time I broke a bone. I've played college or I've played football for my whole life. In your whole football career? In my whole football career. That's amazing. So, yeah, exactly. I, I went a long time. You know, I, I really struggled. I had three surgeries coming back from that. So I didn't have an off season. I didn't really do training camp and I wasn't really healthy until about the fifth game of the season when I, when I came back and started and then there was a coaching change and a lot of things happened. Mm-hmm. You know, there are a lot of politics involved, which, which happens in the NFL. I understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that coming off that injury and, and working and going through those surgeries to get, to get back to play, I, I, I'm at the point now where I've worked, I feel like I've worked too hard to kind of shut it down right now. Yeah. I, I know I can play a few more years. And, and so We'll see where we'll see where that takes me, but I'm oh my goodness, these next ten years, who know? I I mean, I think there'll be a lot of transition. It's you know maybe play play a few more, and then what do I want to do next? I think that's probably the question I get asked the most is what What are you going to do after football? I generally answer it as in like I don't know, you know, I'll have to decide if I want to stay in football in some sort of way because what I've done my whole life, if I want to move on and do something different outside of football, but. I, I can say that I that I pray about it. I think about it quite a bit, um, but I don't think about it 
so much that it kind of takes my mind off off of football and, and it becomes a distraction. But I I do pray about it and um, I just trust that God will will lead me where He wants me to go and allow me to to be a light and be an influence and in, in whatever that looks like. So I think these next ten years. Um, I'm excited about, I'm excited about my family. I'm excited about being around my kids. You know, I think whenever I retire from football, that's just going to give me so much time to, to be with them. And it'll be at the right age where I, where they'll remember, you know, their dad being around more than I am right now. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited about it. I don't know about you guys, but schooling at home was quite an adjustment. I was trying to work, my kids were trying to do school, I'm trying to keep up with what their teachers are doing. It was really difficult, and it's times like these that inspired me to check out Laurel Springs. Online learning might be new for your family, but Laurel Springs has been doing this for nearly 30 years. As the experts in online learning, Laurel Springs has the tools and the curriculum that your child needs to maintain their learning unhindered by whatever the future holds. Their flexible learning programs designed for students in kindergarten through 12th grade offer challenging and diverse courses. And Laurel Springs is accredited with the Western Association of Schools and Colleges, Incognia, which means our transcripts are recognized by colleges and universities worldwide. Register your child at laurelsprings.com slash happy hour today and receive a waived registration fee. That's laurelsprings.com slash happy hour for your waived registration fee. laurelsprings.com slash happy hour. Well, I'm looking forward to whatever that happens too. And, you know, if you stay in football, it would be so fun for you to look. I'm already thinking of all the things you could do, Colt. <laughs> if I come back, it'd be the, the Texas Longhorns head coach. Who knows? Oh my gosh. Can you say it right now that you will? Wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> I'd do it. You know, I'd do it. we have season tickets now. And so we're like, we're all in. And um, I would love to see Colt McCoy back there on the field. So I think if I did stay in football, that I, again, I don't know, but I, I I think that being a college football coach would require a lot of time and energy, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you can make a big influence. Yeah. And, and that would be, I, I see a lot of these college coaches who I admire, like the coach at Clemson, you know, I could go down the list. There's three or four other ones, but, but you, you know, winning is so important. And so that's what it's kind of, that, that's how you keep your job and that's right. how you stay relevant. But at the same time, you can make a big difference in kids who are 17 to 20 years old it's life moving forward it's crazy i think that'd be i think that'd be pretty cool but i don't know if i want to stay in football I know, you know, I do something else. Who knows? maybe something that wouldn't require you know working seven days a week i just spent some <laughs> some time with uh christy malzon coach malzon from um auburn's uh yeah, wife, yeah. and loved the way that she talked about how her and gus love those players and so you're right there is such a chance to make such an impact on boys like you 10 years ago, you know, and I think about my boys coming up who some of their favorite people right now are their coaches and what an impact that gets to make on them. Um, you've, you've played football for, I mean, to over 20 years. Right. Oh, I started football in seventh grade. So six, 11. Yeah. Over 20 years, 22 years. We came to you when our kids were in elementary and said, Hey, listen, all these kids are playing football. What should we do? And you gave us the advice. You should just let them wait till middle school. They'll be fine. And we did. And they're fine. Exactly. They're, they're fine. fine. I don't know. I t- parents ask me that all the time. Like, should I send my kid to like this quarterback specialist, this guru? I, should I, should I, should they play pads? Or I'm like, listen, 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 <laughs> listen, people. I was like, my biggest thing is I don't think you have to specialize in a sport at a young age ever. 
I, I would encourage kids to play all sports. You know, I probably won't let my kids play football till, you know, padded football on a team until they're, you know, at least in mm-hmm. junior high. You know, I, I think their body can take it at that point. But play all sports, basketball, football. It just makes you a better athlete. Yeah. And it teaches you how to how to win and lose games with different groups of kids and on different ways. And, you know, you lose a game in basketball and you, or soccer or baseball, you, you know, just being on different teams and, and learning how to function in team sports, I think, is just as important as learning how to perfectly throw a I love football. it. I love it. Okay, I got two two last questions for you. The first one is this. Over your last 10 years, do you have, since we started talking about coaching, do you have a, or even longer than 10 years, you know, in your football career, do you have a memory of a coach really impacting your life? And it could be football related or it could be life related. I, I've, it's sort it's kind of a two-way street here. I've had a lot of coaches, which probably not a great thing, which means that there's been a lot of turnover on the teams that I've been on, but I've also had some very impactful coaches and I, and I, yeah, I think probably my favorite coach up to this point, you know, outside of college, Coach Brown was amazing. Coach Davis was my coordinator there. But I, I, I spent a lot of time with Sean McVay, three years here in, in Washington, and now he's the head coach for the Los Angeles Rams. And he's he is just such a, such a unique, impactful, kind of very set in his ways in a, in a good way sort of uh, leader and coach. I mean, he is just he's, – he's a wonderful guy. He's a Christian. He's a believer. And he challenges guys in, in unique ways. He has the ability to get the most out of each player and sort of relate on their level in ways that, that I've, I've never seen before. And he made an impact on me just by the way mm-hmm. he carries himself every day. We become close. We're, we're you know, obviously really, really good friends. We talk all the time. And, and it's no surprise the success he's had in, in L.A. But he told me one time, sort of at the end of our time together, he was like, always remember that sunshine alone creates deserts. Mm. And that was something that that stuck with me because he knew the challenges that I've I've been through in the NFL, you know, and he always challenged me to be the same person. And no matter what happens, if you get benched or politics get involved and it doesn't go your way, or you get hurt or whatever, being in this league is a privilege and handling yourself every day and. Um, the way you're supposed to. And when you walk in that room, being the same guy that your teammates can expect, no, no matter what's going on, you know, that, that has really helped me over this, this last part of my career. I've always tried to do that. Uh, but just understanding that, you know, it's not always going to be perfect. It's not always going to be pretty, but what I can hang my hat on every single day is that I walk into that locker room or to that facility and every player on my team is going to know what they're going to get that day. Mm. And, I think has really helped me in my career. It's not easy. It's, it's, it is not easy, but just being the man that God's called you to be, you know, in that locker room or at home or wherever, like I want to be the same person every day and want my kids to see that, want my friends to see that. And it's not that I'm a robot. It's just that I feel like that's what, what God is calling me to do. Well, that's awesome. And you're a role model that all of us mamas can have our boys look up to. I Last question for you. I told my boys I was talking to you this morning. And I was like, any questions? You know, and it's like seven o'clock in the morning. So they can't even hardly speak. <laughs> uh, but one of them, the only question he wanted to ask me is, he, he wanted to ask me if you always dreamed of when you were in like middle school, high school of playing a quarterback in the NFL. Um, I'll tell you what, when I was your boy's age, my, my two favorite football players or, or heroes of mine were Troy Aikman and Steve Young. Okay. And so 
I didn't know if I ever could make it to the NFL, but I knew that if I could, I wanted to be like them. Those are the, those are the two guys I want to be like. And uh, my career hasn't added up to what they've done, but it's not over yet. That's right. There you go. And Steve Young, was he the 49ers? He was. Yep. And I've got to meet both those guys. I mean, just life is crazy. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Colt, thank you so much. Um, it's an honor for the Ivies to be friends with the McCoys and whatever. We miss you guys. I know. I'm like, I love that, you know, we get to see you sometimes around Austin, but um, thank you for your time. And it's been fun just watching the last 10 years as well from a bystander and see how God's used you and how you and Rachel have been faithful uh, to your ultimate calling of, you know, giving God glory and all that you do. And so thanks for your willingness to join me on the happy hour, special edition of your last decade and um, go Redskins. That's what I'll say. There you go. Yep. All right. We got a few more weeks and, and I will say my wife is amazing. She does a wonderful job with our kids and, She's so supportive of me. This is not a easy career by any stretch. And we've moved a few times and she just, she just makes it work and puts a smile on her face. And, and uh, so thankful for her. She makes me a better person. She's amazing. She's amazing. Well, thank you, Colt. I'm sorry, you guys, but did Colt McCoy say he'd be willing to come back to the Texas Longhorns? I am all for this. And maybe I'll get that sideline reporting gig I've always wanted. In all seriousness, I loved hearing Colt talk about that kid, as I called him, in the biggest game of his career that far and what that felt like to not only lose, but to have to leave the game on an injury. He mentioned the conversation that he had after the game with a reporter. And if you haven't seen it, I'm going to play the clip for you here. Texas quarterback Colt McCoy. Colt, what was it like for you to watch this game, your your last game in a Longhorn uniform from the sideline? <laughs> I... I love this game. I have a passion for this game. I've done everything I can to contribute to my team. And we made it this far, and, and it's unfortunate I didn't get to play. I, you know, I'd have given everything I had to be out there with my team. But congratulations to Alabama. I love the way our team fought. Uh, Garrett Gilbert stepped in and played as good as he could play. You know, he, he did a tremendous job. And I always give God the glory. I never question why things happen the way they do. Uh, God is in control of my life. Uh, and I know that nothing else, I'm standing on the rock. Well, it's been a pleasure watching you these last four years. Best of luck to you in the future, Colt. Thank you. Congrats to Alabama. A tremendous football team. I remember watching that, and I even played it recently for my children, and I was so proud of that Colt McCoy in that moment. Also, I hope that his quote by his coach, Sunshine Alone Creates Deserts, sticks with you the way it has with him and now with me. It's been fun to get to know Colt and Rachel over the past decade, and I can tell you that they are first-class people, and the Ivies are so proud of them and cheering them on no matter where they are in life or what career they are following. Thanks for listening to this special edition of the Happy Hour, Your Last Decade. Our hope in all of these shows is that you too can reflect on your last decade. Whether you were 23 years old 10 years ago or 65 or 12, look back and see what God has done in your life and where he has brought you. How have you persevered? How have you screwed up? What would you do differently? And what are you so very proud of? Also, looking back always causes me to look forward as well. What do you wanna see happen in your next decade? Today's show is edited by Chris with Podshaper and organized by Lindsay Sweeney. The music is developed for the show by Matt Graham and show notes are written by Aki Slackers. We'd love it if you enjoyed the show, if you would share it with your friends. Word of mouth is the number one way people find out about our podcast and we are so thankful for that. Join us next week for another special edition of Your Last Decade.
Hey guys, you are listening to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I am Jamie and I'm your host and I'm so glad that you're here. If you like what you're listening to today, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We bring you new shows every Wednesday and Fridays and an amazing guest always joins me to chat about the big things in life, the little things in life and everything in between. Subscribe today to The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey on your podcast player so you never miss an episode.